Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading Micah chapter 2 from the World English Bible. Woe to those who devise iniquity and work evil on their beds. When the morning is light, they practice it, because it is in the power of their hand. They covet fields and seize them, and houses and take them away. And they oppress a man and his house, even a man and his heritage. Therefore Yahweh says, Behold, I am planning against these people a disaster, from which you will not remove your necks, neither will you walk haughtily, for it is an evil time. In that day they will take up a parable against you, and lament with a doleful lamentation, saying, We are utterly ruined. My people's possession is divided up. Indeed, he takes it from me and assigns our fields to traitors. Therefore, you will have no one who divides the land by lot in Yahweh's assembly. Don't prophesy, they prophesy. Don't prophesy about these things. Disgrace won't overtake us. Shall it be said, O house of Jacob, is Yahweh's spirit angry? Are these his doings? Don't my words do good to him who walks blamelessly? But lately my people have risen up as an enemy. You strip the robe and clothing from those who pass by without a care, returning from battle. You drive the women of my people out from their pleasant houses. From their young children you take away my blessing forever. Arise and depart, for this is not your resting place because of uncleanness that destroys, even with a grievous destruction. If a man walking in a spirit of falsehood lies, I will prophesy to you of wine and of strong drink. He would be the prophet of this people. I will surely assemble, Jacob, all of you. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together as the sheep of Basra. As a flock in the middle of their pasture, they will swarm with people. He who breaks open the way goes up before them. They break through the gate and go out, and their king passes on before them with Yahweh at their head. That is the end of chapter 2. This chapter is a continuation of the description of the helplessness that the people of Israel will be facing in when judgment comes. It is also reiterated that it is all because they practice evil, they plan it, even as they are supposedly resting. Why? Because they see they have some power to do it. They just take what they want from others. The imagery of verse 3 of the judgment being on their necks is definitely one of subjugation. What they have been doing to others will happen to them. Thus, as verse 4 says, there will not be anyone of Yahweh's chosen assembly. It doesn't say chosen, but just the way that it talks about it being his assembly seems to be referring to Israel as his chosen people. There won't be any of them to oversee how things should be done. He quotes them saying, don't prophesy like we saw in Amos chapter 7 and also happens to Jeremiah so that they throw him into a pit to keep him quiet. You can read about that in Jeremiah chapter 38. 
Yahweh's reply is, you will get around to asking if I'm angry. And remember that I say I prophesy good about those who walk blamelessly. In verse 8, he states what should be a contradiction. That is, his people have risen up as an enemy to him. And the use of the words rising up exposes their volition in doing this. Then followed again with the description of some of the horrible things they do. So he will not let them rest with their uncleanness in the land. Not only do they tell Yahweh's prophets to be quiet, they love to hear lying prophets, as it says in verse 11, who pretend to offer them intoxication. Here they use the analogy or the example of wine and strong drink, probably being the specific to indicate the general decadent lifestyles. But God always gets back to speaking of the remnant of Israel. In this case, he says in verse 12, I will put them together as the sheep of Basra, as a flock in the middle of their pasture. Basra, or if I was understanding how it's said to pronounce it in the Hebrew, Basra, is actually a city that was in Edom, as spoken of in Obadiah. The first mention of this city is in Genesis 36-33, where it is listing the kings of Edom, and one of them is from Basra. The city is mentioned in conjunction with judgment on Edom in Isaiah 34.6 and Amos 1.12 and Jeremiah 49.13. Then Isaiah 63.1 uses Basra as part of a description of the one coming who is mighty to save. But here in Micah, it seems to be used for its literal meaning of sheepfold, and indeed that is how the New King James Version translates it. This remnant that will be gathered will be large enough to make a lot of noise. And then it speaks of someone leading them out who will be their king, the Lord at their head. Some translations of the Bible talk about the breaker. Here in the World English Bible, it used the phrase, he who breaks open the way, giving the idea of one who sets free. And this is consistent with places like Isaiah 42.7, where it talks about bringing out prisoners. Isaiah 51.10, where he's making a way through the sea for the ransomed. Jeremiah 51.20, where he will break the nations in pieces. Daniel 2.35, the stone that is cut without hands that broke the feet of iron and clay. And then Hebrews 2.15, he delivers them who are subject to bondage. All of these have the idea of breaking out of bondage or becoming free. And that is all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey.